Mr. Pop. Get away from me, you dirty, slimy freak. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Right, the warm-ups are finished now. The red button has been pushed. We're on. This is Rock and Roll. Trick or treat! Trick or treat! It's uh, Halloween. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier, and uh, with me, as always, Mark Fine. <laughs> Actually, no, what I'll do is, mm-hmm. do you remember there used to be a show called Creep Show? Yeah, yes. Yeah, and they, they used to do parodies of different, you know, used to make puns. Kitties, <laughs> <laughs> uh, trick or treat, Brian Mannix. I'm rooted, Kev. <laughs> totally rooted. Uh, this I've is... never been more rooted in all my life. <laughs> um, I had to fly back and I had to get up at seven fifteen on Saturday, and then I had to do a gig on Saturday night, and then I had to do another gig at Sunday Arvo, and um, I've still got jet lag and. Um, so I'm well and truly rooted. Do you want me to take you through Finey's hours of business that he does uh, in his in Lenny's Fine Foods there in North Caulfield over, a, over not just not just one weekend. I'm talking about he's been doing this now for you know a body of a body of time, not just one weekend. Brian, do you want me to go through that and then you'll feel? No, no, kid. There's horses <laughs> for courses. <laughs> I, I, I did five hours driving yesterday, maybe six. You're and, a freaking um, passenger. And, and, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it, 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 I mean, hit a speed bump and the beer would spill. That's that's oh, inconvenient for me. Terrible. And um, I've had to work oh, two and a half hours on stage. It's it's, And I'm singing most of the songs. It's it's a work level I'm, I'm unaccustomed to. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Uh, mm. Meanwhile, Finey is bloody, you know, lifting things up and putting things in there and restocking shelves and serving customers. Ma- making and some pumpkin soup. Terrorising the bloody uh, the local. pumpkins. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for my creep show. <laughs> Hello, kiddies. Welcome to Rock and Roll with Kevin Killia and Diane Manager. <laughs> <laughs> now that's as corny as <laughs> that show used to be. Yeah, it did, didn't it? It was all that sort of stuff. I remember that. Yeah. It was a pretty yeah, game of basketball. <laughs> and, and it was a pretty shit puppet, too, as I remember. Well, it was pretty scary. Not as scary as Deadly Earnest. No, Deadly Earnest was great. I used to shoot myself every Friday night. <laughs> so did I. I, I. I'd have to hide behind the couch and my mum would say, no, he's just a man dressing up. You know, it's okay. And I'm like, okay, oh, he's funny, isn't he? But no, it was frightening. <laughs> and I, I, got, I, had the, I had the privilege of interviewing him on oh. SEN with Scotty Gooding on the TV Freak segment. Oh, he was, yeah. He's just the loveliest bloke. You know, there, there were different deadly earnests in all states. Well, that's what yeah. I was going to ask you because I was sure the bloke who was in Queensland was a different bloke to the bloke who was in, in uh, Yeah, yeah, Victoria. there were different ones. There were different ones everywhere. Uh, okay. Yeah. There's an Adelaide one. There was a Melbourne one. I presume there's probably Who was the a- Melbourne bloke? Because uh, he was the more famous of all of them. I can't remember his name. Oh, bugger. 
I'll, I'll look at. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, okay. keep talking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I want to ask you, and this wasn't planned, obviously. What um, either little sort of movie characters or TV characters or whatever frightened you as a kid, and now and like, can what frightened you now, Brian? Okay, um, I I was remember a movie called The Claw which was about a giant bird when I saw it and I was about eight. It was like a giant eagle that swooped down and killed people. And I thought it was terrifying. Then years later I saw it as this pathetic puppet. You can see the strings, but, you know, when you're seven, it's like, oh, my God. Um, But, no, I think the things that scare me the most are things that are kind of real. Zombies aren't real, but um, so I just disagreed with myself. But um, sharks. You know, Jaws is terrifying because it's real. Uh, um, I found the exorcist because as a Christian, I'm supposed to believe in that. So, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility and there are many incidents of people needing to get exercised. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think home invasion is really, really terrifying. And, yeah, these are the things that I think are the most scary. Funny. Well, I I can't I don't like horror movies. Natalie oh, okay. loves them, and the kids love them. But I can't stand them, um, you know, because they are scary. Um, but like, there's a kid. So, by the way, I checked. Deadly Ernest in Melbourne was this lovely bloke called Ralph Baker. Oh, yes, yeah, I do know the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely guy. Oh, such a sweetheart. You know, and he had on his shoulder Igor. Hello, Eagle. <laughs> the coffin would open. Oh God! But they used to they used to play the same seven movies on rotation. <laughs> there was monster the from the black the, the monster from the black lagoon, yeah. the creature from the black lagoon, black the, lagoon. Blob. Yep. the blob, the blob, the blob. Oh God! <laughs> there was one called the healer healer monster, and that was just a giant a lizard trampling over tiny little models of cities. Yeah, yeah, the it's supposed to be a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex and they've got a yeah. blue tongue lizard going over Correct. little tiny sets. <laughs> yep. But the one that really scared me, like really, really scared me was the Gorgon. Oh, what's a Gorgon? The Gorgon. So it's Japanese? Well, that, the Gorgon's like Medusa. Oh, a, okay, yep. This, this evil woman whose hair turned into snakes. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It was very scary, The Gorgon. I reckon um, King Kong is a great movie because King Kong at the start of the movie, you're terrified of King Kong and by the end of the movie you're rooting for him. You're going, oh, no, they've killed King Kong. And to get people to change their emotions about Something in an hour and a half. I think, wow, that's that's pretty clever. You know, yeah. like um, you know, you you just about cry when King Kong dies, but at the start you go, oh, geez, this one's horrible. But um, what a good lesson in life there. Yeah, there was a movie that had been banned on Australian TV. Like it had been banned, and then in about nineteen ninety something, they put it on TV at midnight, yeah. and I recorded it. Yeah. And I must have watched that movie 15, 20 times called Freaks. Oh, oh shit, yes. The, the 1931 yeah, yeah. thing with the Browning. Freaks. Oh, yeah, it was Todd Browning and he'd done Frankenstein and become very successful as a director. 
And then he wanted to top Frankenstein, so he, he went to the circus and he got what were then known, sadly, as circus freaks yep. to star in this movie. But it was a really it's – a, it's actually sort of well-made for its time and, and quite scary at times yes. and really, really disturbing. And, and at well, other times, corny, cornily funny when you laugh at them. You know, the, the strong man wasn't particularly strong. He was one of the, the bad guys in it. That's right. And he was plotting with the the Cleopatra, the queen of the trapeze, to marry the little, the, the midget Hans and take his money. Anyhow, there's this funny scene where she's in her, because they're all in little caravans or whatever, you know, it's a travelling circus, and she's, suggestively tossing eggs in the air going, feel like eating something? I'm not very hungry. About six. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and they had those little pinhead people, like they got a head about as big as a baseball. Well, that was sort of sad because, yeah. Yeah, that was sad. Because because they didn't really understand what was going on, I imagine, because they suffered. And, and, And and there was a black guy with no arms and legs that could roll a cigarette with his mouth. Yes, the great Randion, well, the, human cat, the human caterpillar. You can just call me Brian, but that's fine. <laughs> I am the great Randion. Um, and uh, yeah. another thing. And at the end of the movie, the chick's been turned into half a chicken or something, hasn't she? Correct. Yeah, because yeah. I went to the wedding and, that, and there was sort of a famous scene because the, the Ramones did a song uh, taking off that, that what happened in the med- wedding because in the wedding they want to make her they they um and and they sing this song at the wedding gooba gobba we accept you we accept you one of us gooba gobba we accept you know and the pinheads made a song gooba gobba we gooba gobba gooba gobba it was like this punk song but it was yeah you know they're going to make you one of them and then she turns around to little Hans with all the circus people around the table and says, get away from me, you dirty, slimy freak. Mm. And at that point, that, her card was marked from that point on. There was and the, there was sorry. Johnny Eck. Do you remember Johnny Eck? No. What did Johnny Eck do? He was half man. Half he was basically, He was half a man. He, he sort of had a very short torso. Oh, yeah, yeah, he had no hips and stuff, yeah, and yeah. he'd just walk around on his hands, yeah. Very nimble. So you what, there's not acting jobs for people like that too often, so well done. Yeah, and he, you know, it was a, quite an interesting movie. Yeah. Time is twin. My memory of watching it is being freaked out and, and horrified and sad all in the one kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, it was very, it was freaky. Yeah. And uh, who says men can't multitask? Look at all the emotions you felt at once, Kev. Thanks very much, Brian. And and uh, why does why does every every uh, uh, sort of character, male character in uh, in a horror type uh, movie, have a voice that sounds like that all the time, Boris? What are we doing here? Well, what what does I mean, it go with thing, that? That's, that's the other thing. The great story of Bella Lugosi. Have you seen the movie Ed Wood? Yeah, it's oh, great. Ages I ago. love it. Great movie. So what? You hated my movie? Oh well, my next one will be better. Yeah, the, the internal the optimism in, of the guy is great. Correct. The indefatigable Ed Wood, the movie producer, but also his friendship with Bella Lugosi, and that he was he was portrayed by 
Martin Landau, I think. Yeah. That's right. And I don't think he won Best Supporting Actor for yeah, it. Yeah, it was terrific. It was it? so brilliant. And they actually, they actually played a bit of the real Bella Lugosi because Bella Lugosi played a bit. No, actually, they recreated it, but it was perfect. It was in Edward's movie. The one about, uh, play you know, Edward was a trade. Ed, no, well, Edward Ed was also a cross-dresser. Yeah. And he did a movie about cross-dressing. And oh, at the start yeah, of the yeah. Can or Janine or something. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like Dick that. Or, Dick or Dora or something like that, yeah. And at the start of the movie, the very last piece of acting ever by Bela Lugosi, because tragically he'd become a heroin addict and he was – but his last acting was um, – he did did this thing to screen. Um, it was like, um, yeah, girls and boys, beware of the green-eyed monster with puppy dog tails, you know. And he did that, <laughs> and Mark Lando did it brilliantly. It, that was it's it, a great movie. Edward's it great, great. Movie. and yeah, and a lot of those old horror films, you know, they'd sort of warn you at the start. What you're about to see is <laughs> yeah, correct. It's like a newsreader telling you that oh, the, you know, you might not be able to handle this. Maybe you should leave. Yeah, and I I kind of like all that that drama. Like oh no, you know, if I made a horror film and say, look, you know, if you have epilepsy or you've diabetes or you're less than five foot four or you know, just give all these conditions why you shouldn't see it. Um, and I think that would make people want to see it more because yeah, it's like you, you're not you're not letting people come to see it. But, but well, in those like, days, that was the, the, that was part of the theatre of it. Yeah, yeah like great. with the Elephant Man, with the Elephant Man, oh, when God. in real life, when they were actually um, taking him, you know, and exhibiting him as a as a sideshow horror. Part of the patter was women, pregnant women are not allowed in to see this performance. It might bring on, you know, it'll bring on a miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah, love that. It yeah. was all part, yeah. of, all part of the thing. Didn't, didn't they do, didn't Martin Landau do that character in like um, Entourage or something as a character in Entourage where that line that you used before, Brian, where he said, you know, you don't like my last film, wait till you see my next one. It was all, um, you don't like this script. Of, I'm sure they used Martin Landau in, in Entourage or something like Entourage, playing that exact role, doing that that uh, optimistic kind of you know, if you don't like this one, well, you're gonna love the next one. Try wait till I wait till I bring the next script out for you, because um, I got a minute. Well, that was on. that was uh, what's his name, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp in the movie, but I think you're right that Martin Landau was in Entourage, and he. Um, he was an old film producer. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And I think he owned the rights to some script that they wanted or something. So, no, we're going to get this up. And he's just, he was a bit of a dickhead. And he yeah, kept, he was. Um, stuffing it all up. But it was, yeah, it was a it was a cute performance by uh, Martin Landau. He's a very who, good actor, Martin Landau. Well, I never really rated him until um, Ed Wood and then he'd later work because he was always sort of like a bit of a B-grade, you know, bad guy or something. But, um but no, very good and well done, Martin. And um, happy birthday to Martin, who's um, celebrating his one hundred and thirty seventh birthday today. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, there you now, go. I, so, bumped, I bumped into somebody interesting today. Who did oh, you I bump into? Here we go. Well, I didn't really down. bump into him. Right, you sought him out. No, I saw him. Oh, all right. So I'm driving home. I've been to the city with my son, and. 
was raining, not many cars on the road, and we're very close to home. We're driving past the Botanical Gardens, and there was no hullabaloo. But I did notice on the right-hand side, so we're very close to home, um, like two or three very official-looking cars. Uh-huh. And I slowed down because the front one had the number plates C1. Oh. That's Dan Andrews, I'd imagine. No, no, imagine. That's, that's, that's I, Anthony I, Albanese, isn't it? And then I saw Anthony Albanese getting into the car. There you go. The minute, the second I drove past, and, and I wound down my window, and I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> no! And the moment was gone. Oh, no! Now, now, like, I will say this, I slowed down. And I don't want to sound like I'm romantic, but our eyes met. <laughs> There's and, no room for romance on this show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now that now, if you had the moment again, now what would you yeah. say? Listen to rock and roll. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I thought what I I have nothing really a lot to say to him. I'm, I don't. What did your son say like to you when he did he realise it was the prime minister of the of our fair country? What did What did my son say? Yeah, yeah. He said that's what's his name. What's his name? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> oh, God. And I said you're serious. And then he got it. He goes, uh, Anthony Albanese. There you go. There you he go. First, first said, he first said, that's Scott Morrison. <laughs> uh, he said, no, 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 not Scott Morrison, the other one. Yep, the new one, the new version. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, I know we've got a state election in a couple of weeks' time. But oh, God, oh, geez, I'm sick of seeing the local the local representatives already and uh, and playing the ads or uh, playing and listening to the ads on the radio from all of them. God, jeez, is that getting sickened? Hand already. Even though it's not my electorate, I was very pleased to see that the woman I buy potatoes from at South Melbourne Markets running as an independent. She's a very nice lady. Okay. She's got no place in politics. (laughs) There's some nice people. Well, there's a couple of nice people I know who are running uh, in different electorates too, none of which I'm voting in, but uh, and they're, they're fine, upstanding human beings and why they would want to get involved in politics is... Absolutely beyond me. Yeah, for some point. people, it's a necess- necessity. Like I just can't sit by and let this shit continue. And um, yeah, I understand yeah. that. And I like the fact that. Um, well, actually, I'm disappointed that um, C1 is Albanese. I think that should be C1 should be Dan Andrews. Yeah, now stop it! If you don't go where I think you're going with that. What, cock one? <laughs> where, where did you think I was going? Hey, that's for? where I thought you were going, Brian. No, I was actually going further than that. But, yeah, um, that's what it I is. Here's the family show and there's lots of kids listening. Yes. So, so we've got to stop the f***ing swearing because <laughs> little kids listening, all right? Yeah, no, they're not. They're out trick-or-treating. Well, actually, they're not. I've got... I've got I had a truckload of lollies that I went and bought this afternoon because usually we have them knocking on our door from about 4 o'clock. Well, because it's pissing down rain, it's horrible and cold and thing. I think all the parents have gone, well, no, I'm not going out. I'll stay in you. It's only rot your teeth anyway, so I'm going to uh, have- Tony, when, when we were in Elston, we, we had constantly knocking at the door. Yeah, we used to get them all the time. There's nothing nothing so far tonight. But, but what, I, 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 we're not getting any along where I live now. Oh, no, well, hardly. Bloody where you are now. 
You don't you have yeah. to put like spiders or something out front of your house so that you know that oh. it's a friendly, treat yeah. friendly house. Have you seen my house? Well, they're all, <laughs> they're all, well, not not right, lately. They're all covered in spider webs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm not going to give away what suburb you live in, Kevin, just because, you know, as a matter of privacy. Mm. But geez, geez, I'm driving your suburb a lot and it shits me no end. You're driving my suburb a lot? To your suburb, back and forwards. Bloody hell. Why are you driving? My to- daughter's boyfriend lives in your suburb. Oh, does he? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> back and forwards. Is this Harper? Is this Harper? Yeah. Okay. So Harper's boyfriend lives in Hoppers. Well, all right. Uh, you don't live in Hoppers, do you? Yeah. Do you I thought. I do. I, do you live in Hoppers? Yeah. I thought he lived in Yarraville. No, 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 no. Oh, he's in. Oh, he's in Yarraville. Oh, Yarraville. No, brother. No, I still got to go across that fucking bridge. <laughs> which is a which is a, a traffic nightmare. Uh, if you oh, go to Yarraville, you're going further out to where I am. It's a bloody nightmare. I'm so glad I don't have to go on that bridge more than about once a month. Oh, well, God. just re- relax, fellas. Dan's building a tunnel, and uh, you won't have to use the bridge. It um, should be finished in about 2064 yeah, at about $148 billion because they still don't know where they get rid of the uh, infected no, no, soil. Brian, Brian, that's not fair. It's $125 million because he's just given $15 million to the netballers. Oh, they can get <laughs> Seriously. You know, fancy. Oh, no, I'm protesting. You know, I don't like mining. Yeah, well, you. <laughs> You know, go and just go and play for nothing then. You Jeez, know? I'm, I'm glad the kids are out trick-or-treating and not listening to the podcast. Well, I, I, no, I don't uh, disagree yeah. with you, Brian. Mm, please do. I reckon that Gina Reinhardt is a dead set f***wit. A oh, dead man. set. De- it, how she cannot turn around and say and distance herself. All she had to do was say, look, that was a long time ago, but... I distanced myself. Those comments were not just mild comments. I didn't realise how bad what he said was. And then yeah, I neither did like, I, to be honest. I, well, then, I I went and, then I went and saw what he said. I mean, it, he, that is disgraceful. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. All she had to do was say, look, you know, I love my father, but I don't share that. I don't share some of his views. That was disgusting what he said. Yeah. That's, that's appalling. You know what? I'm actually surprised that that's not more etched in the ethos of our history, like like in our brains as a as a, uh, a benchmark uh, statement made by a human being in this country's history because it is. It's a, it's a, a borrowed as anything you've ever heard in your life, to be honest. Um, well, and I, I'm surprised that it, it literally came back as a – as a news flash, rather than something that we all knew about and all had etched in our brains as something that was horrible from our past. And you can't say it was 40 years ago. No, that's that's just appalling 700 years ago. Yeah, it doesn't matter when you say oh, look, that. Look, look, the, the half-casts, or yeah. the city ones, yeah. I can put up with them, but the full-blooded blacks, out the, and, and he's actually really just talking about the Aboriginals that are on the land that belonged to them that he wanted to mine. So that's really all he's saying. So the so the Aboriginal that live where they've always lived, well, we should take them away and sterilise them so they can't breed anymore. I mean, who the f*** 
quasi Hitler. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a horrible, horrible. Thing. And you're right; that's all she had to say, and that would have, hopefully, that might have uh, uh, done it. But that that's not how it played out. So, and until I heard that, I thought, oh, here we go, more grandstanding from 2022. Because I hate looking back and trying to rewrite, you know, trying to say, you know. That TV show is not acceptable anymore, whatever, whatever. But there's a big difference between Love Thy Neighbour, which, as we pointed out before, makes fun of the racist. There's yes. a big difference between that and what that f***ing Lang... Because I'm telling you, what Lang Hancock said was motivated by greed. What a way to get his land for free without having to, without having to worry about the people that live on it. Yeah, let's sterilise them all. Good on you, Lang. However... I think that, you know, seriously, as Australia is living in 2022, wish you could forget everything that happened in the 80s. Oh, hang on, I just put myself out of the job. No, 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 forget that, forget that. (laughs) Well, we're going to remember something from the 80s, and that's 1982. October 17 is the chart this week. Well done. Oh, well done, Kevin, by the way. After last week's brilliant chart, you went and dug up this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Barney. I couldn't believe how bad this one is. It's, it's Jesus terrible. Got, Jesus got some bad songs on it, hasn't it? It's got some – It's got some. Uh, I was. I, I put myself through about two hours this afternoon of listening to some of this stuff. My God. Uh, number 10 is Da, 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 I Don't Love You, You Don't Love Me. Aha, aha, aha by Trio. Oh, that's an awful song. Uh, Get ready for a surprise. Number nine, Hurt So Good, John Cougar Mellencamp. Number eight, The Look of Love by ABC. Number seven, Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners and tell your mate Phil to stop making comments on the Facebook feed about Eileen. Um, well, you Brian. wouldn't want to be Eileen. Well, all you? right then. Again, all her friends. What yeah. do they want to do? Yes, yeah, oh, all yeah. right. Number Not six. Number six. You think it wasn't? You think it wasn't bad enough that she was born with one leg shorter than the other? Am <laughs> yeah. I Eileen? Real Men by Joe Jackson is number six. Number five is Shy Boy by Banana Rama. Number four, Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. Number three, Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band. Number two, If You Want My Love by Cheap Trick. And the number one song was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. So that's the top should ten. Just, should we just ditch the chart this week for the mistake of our listeners? No, 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 no. Because the social media, I'm going to surprise you with some of the social media comments that I've got already uh, uh, that have come through this afternoon with people's comments on what they like on that chart. Uh, now, uh, T20 World Cup, uh, apart from all the games being washed out, or half of them being washed out, and uh, that's actually been a reasonably good competition when they've actually got games up and running. I don't care who wins it because it's... Absolutely. I'm glad I've got a chance to absolutely go berserk. Go on. Look, this was scheduled by the ICC, not by Cricket Australia, right? Yep. They are the greatest packet of pack of dimwits I've ever f***ing seen. I just cannot believe what they've done. First of all, it's a T20 competition. That's 20 overs each. How they can't have a reserve day if a match is completely washed out is beyond me because they could have played the game the next day, Australia-England and the other one that was on that night. Yep. That's for starters. It's, it, it's not like it's a test match where you've got to find another five days. You need to find two hours somewhere. Yep. Secondly, how they couldn't have had Marvel Stadium as a contingency is beyond me. Yep. Do they not want the, a proper result? They've got a perfectly good cricket ground 
with a with a roof doing sweet FA yep. at present. Talk about mismanagement. Yes, I agree. That's very good. All good and, points. And to have a competition potentially determined by the weather, that's that's ridiculous. So Australia and England, they just got no chance of getting any points because the game got washed out. So that puts them behind the eight ball. How can you do that? You know, Wimbledon, they get washed out. Well, they reschedule. This is, yeah, as Fanny said, this is an absolute joke and it's a travesty to justice of who should rightly win the thing. And the other thing is... And, you know, Brian, literally, a game of T20 takes about as long as a five-set match of tennis. It's not like you can't find another spot to just play it at another time. Yep. Makes it's It's ridiculous. Oh, look, most people root longer than a game of T20. It's just absolutely crazy, you know. girl's got a headache and falls down and sleep and that. You say, oh, well, I'll reschedule for tomorrow. Thank you, Brian. There you go. Uh, All right. And and using the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern system is just ridiculous. If, if you can't play the match out, the, the, there's no result. You, you play it again. It, it just you know, they were, they were, you know, You know, in that Australia-England game, they were waiting and waiting. And they were prepared to play a five-over game. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They did a pitch inspection at quarter to ten. Why not just play a game of corridor cricket? Yeah, well, you might as well. You might as well. We'll just play soggy biscuit and see how that turns out. All right, taking it too far now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, sad news in the rock and roll industry with uh, the death, and uh, this has been this bloke's been reported dead about five or six times, I reckon. But this time, he actually is deceased, and that's uh, the uh, late great Jerry Lee Lewis died at the age of eighty-seven on the weekend. And his wife of forty-eight, is, um... <laughs> his wife is yet to be born. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. His wife wasn't allowed to go to the funeral because she had primary school. <laughs> and and you've got to be that. this. You got to be reach this height before you can go to the funeral. Yep. And he, what is his, his cousin and thirteen year olds when he married her? Well, that's yeah. That's that's family loving, I guess. And of course, there was you know the flag at half mask at the Denko Rub Factory. <laughs> Um, well, once once she turned to twenty, he was half masked all the time. He just he just lost the vibe. Uh, but, but, but you know, Denko Rub, mm-hmm. the great, the great, the great, don't. the great footy club room prank, mm. putting it in some guys. You know, putting it in a guy's pair of jocks before he gets changed after training. Great balls of fire, I believe, is what you're alluding to. <laughs> Correct, correct. Yes. Sir. It took a while to get yeah. it out. Oh well, I was, I was waiting. I was wondering. I didn't know whether Brian was going to sing it or whether he was uh, he was just late to the bus on that one or whatever. I was I was waiting because I thought he might have done given us a because I'm sure he does a Jerry Lee Lewis of some description, and you would have sung oh. you would have sung Great Balls of Fire at some stage, surely. I don't think I have, but um, really, my thirteen-year-old cousin and I are getting on very well. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> how old was he when he died? Uh, Eighty-seven. Unlucky. He was. He would have been due out of prison in three years. <laughs> Has and I've got to say, there's been some uh, just for something different, some really interesting uh, defence 
believe it or not, of him being with his 13-year-old cousin um, by some leading music identities on social I, and media. I know, and I know who they are. Gary Glitter, <laughs> Rolf Harris, <laughs> Alvin Stardust. They <laughs> all came to his defence. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Um. <laughs> Michael Jackson put his hand up. Stop it. Yep. I, don't know. I don't know who he put his hand up. No, no Brian. Sorry, he's dead. Don't speak ill of the dead. Yeah, we don't need to go there. Uh, and I should have mentioned this bloke last week because he was an icon of Australian sport, Harry White. Passed away last week, the uh, great uh, four-time Melbourne Cup-winning jockey. Yeah, he, he'd been ill for a long time. Hadn't yeah, he? he had been, but uh, he was he was he was one of the great jockeys of all time. Was Harry White? He was a beauty. And of and of course, for every Greek gambler who had a bet in a TAB between nineteen eighty and the year two thousand, just to clear up once again for all you Greek gamblers out there. It was two separate words, Harry White, not Harry White. <laughs> yes. Ah, bloody Harry White. Harry White, Harry White, everybody, Harry White. Yes. They loved him. Yes, they did. They did love him. Um, uh, apart from that, I don't have anything else to uh, to uh, bring up. I'm, I'm ready to do the chart if you're ready to do the chart or if you have anything else of any business you want to bring. I, I didn't ask you, finally, if you had a story this week. Yes, I do. You do? Oh, good. Terrific. Hang on. It's, it, 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 it got my, my, mm. my memory got jolted at the World Cup. Okay. The, the Cricket World Cup or the Soccer World yeah. Cup or the? No, the, the Cricket World the Cup. The 50s okay. World Cup or the Soccer World Cup or the uh, Aerobics World Cup or the perhaps the Swimming World Cup. Which, which World Cup would you like to choose from? Just the two girls in a World Cup. Okay. Two girls, one cup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's got that film on DVD in case you're wondering. Yeah, it's I might, be, I might um, be a song called Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crap. Anyhow, so here's the story. Mm-hmm. All right. I noted for Holland that they had a player playing by the name of Tim Pringle. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but uh, I know the name Pringle in uh, in cricket circles, but not Tim. Yeah, yeah. So I know it. In, I know it in savoury snacks circles. Correct. So Tim Pringle, even though he represented Holland, he's a former New Zealand under nineteen World Cup cricketer and the son of Chris Pringle. My father, Christmas. Not, not Chris Pringle. Chris Pringle. <laughs> oh, sorry, my mistake. Now, first of all, the Chris Pringle story is very interesting. Chris Pringle made his test debut for New Zealand when New Zealand was touring England, even though he wasn't part of the touring party. They'd had a few injuries. That that was the period where they were losing a lot of fast bowlers, Shane Bond and a couple of others. Good bowlers, but they kept getting injured. He was playing minor counties cricket in England, but had finished playing and was on a tour holiday of England. And he went down to watch them play in the nets and they said, Oh, Chris, because they knew him from grade cricket in New Zealand. Do you want to? Can you help us out and bowl in the nets a bit? And he did. And then in the next test, two other bowlers got injured, and they picked him in the in the next test. Oh God! So quite an odd debut. Not that that hasn't happened before. We know that. Um, Our spin bowler, current spin bowler, he was a curator, wasn't he? Well, Whit- Michael Whitney was just playing count 
minor county cricket in England when he got called up. That's right. But he's our he's our ball spinner, wasn't he? A curator at Adelaide. Nathan Lyon, yeah, but he was playing he was yeah. playing club cricket. Anyhow, but interestingly, in nineteen ninety two, Chris Kring, Chris Kringle, thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> three unrelated men all played Test cricket in nineteen ninety two with the same surname. Now, if the surname is Smith or Jones or Young or whatever, big deal. But three different Pringles, because that's not a common name. No, it's not. Chris Pringle played in 1992 Test Cricket for New Zealand. Derek Pringle, who famously was on the receiving end of the Bay 13, Derek Pringle pulls his dingle. (laughs) I sung that. He, He enjoyed it. He found it funny. Um, Derek Randall, Derek Randall pulls his handle. <laughs> he found it funny. Richard Hadley is a wanker. He did not find that funny. No, not at all. No sense of humor for that. No. Anyhow, and he played Test cricket in '92. So got Chris Pringle, Derek Pringle, and then a guy from South Africa called Merrick Pringle. Oh, all played Test cricket in 1992. Totally unrelated with the surnames Pringle. You know what's odd about that? No. no. They are the only three Pringles to have ever played Test cricket. They all played in the same year and they were all unrelated. That is unusual. Mm. Yep. And they're all tosses. And they're all chips off the old chips. There you go. <laughs> wow. Very nice. And I like Pringles. Oh, I hate them. Oh, dear. Why do you hate them? Because they don't taste like chips to me. They, 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 they're sort of potatoes that have been mushed up and put back together. I yeah, like. their barbecue ones aren't bad, though. They're weird. Yeah, the barbecue Pringles are, are, are better than a lot of the other barbecue chips. But when I looked up Tim Pringle, I did see that somebody had got Tim Pringle in Holland to sign a can of Dutch Pringles and put them on eBay. Uh, can he play? No, have you seen him play? Well, I saw Holland playing um, Pakistan. They're pretty hopeless. Yeah. Didn't think that'd be too that, good. That reminds me of a story that we heard, uh, Kev, um, Danny Bonaducci, when he was, you know, full of drugs and not travelling too well, he got a job to sit in a tree That's at right. the front of some shopping centre and so they could have a partridge in a pear tree um, for the Christmas thing. And he was still <laughs> – he, and he was drinking so much – that he actually fell out of the tree and um, <laughs> didn't go as well as they'd hoped. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, get Danny Partridge. You know, how bad are you going for money? I want a Partridge. It's something like I'd do, but um, I don't He got 500 yours. bucks to do it and was absolutely pissed as a cricket while he did it. Yeah. Not bad yeah. money. <laughs> well, you can buy a lot of... Drugs with that, I yeah, guess. Exactly. That, so that's what he was into at the time. Yeah. But um, what a lovely man. Yeah, he's a good fella. He's a good fella. Um, and he's uh, he's recovered from his little illness he had too, which is good news, which is true. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 <laughs> no, no. And now let's let's uh, launch into this chart then, shall we, boys? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. I'll just give you a couple of the little social media uh, clippings that have come through. David Burt shared with us that uh, this year uh, that we were doing this chart, 1982, was his HSC year. He said the best was uh, The Mentals, In Excess and ABC, and he reckons Lexicon of Love is one of the great albums. 
Um, Marissa Randall. Now, I think Marissa Randall's a friend of yours, Brian. Marissa's a lovely girl. She's in New South Wales, south from Sydney. Okay. And when I was doing We Were Rock You, I went out to dinner with her and her fella a couple of times, and because my hair was getting so much crap, you know, put in it every night that um, she bought me some lovely shampoo that made it all good. So hello, Marissa, and I hope you're doing well. I think she's um, got a little bit of an illness at the moment, but uh, we wish her well. Well, we'll come back to Marissa in a minute with her comment. But uh, Andrew uh, Giggett says on here, was his HSC year two, the best three, uh, he has uh, down the bottom, 36, 37 and uh, 38, which is uh, Happy Talk, uh, House of Fun, and I Didn't Mean to Be Mean. Uh, he talks about uh, Happy Talk, which we'll talk about a little later on. Uh, John says, uh, at least 10 songs on that charter on my Spotify playlist. Well, I won't be breaking my neck to get a hold of your Spotify playlist, John, I can tell you. <laughs> what the f*** are you doing, John? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, David says his top three are Gypsy, Real Men, and Eye of the Tiger. Ugh. Heidi says, this is an 80s tragic dream, this chart. Here are my top five. Down oh, on the no. border. <laughs> She's got top five. Down on the border, take the L out of lover. One thing, great southern land, hurts so good and real men. So there's six. Oh, I might be a cash for a root there. Uh, all that shit. <laughs> um, uh, what have we got here? Robert Rice says, his best, a great southern land, hurts so good and abracadabra by the Steve Miller band. Jesus, really? But I'll get. I'll go back to Marissa before we uh, jump into ours. Marissa says, now this is a great top 40. There are a few I don't know, only a couple I don't like, but the rest are fab. If I had to pick one that held great memories, then it's Christopher Atkins' How Can I Live Without Her from the Pirate movie. Oh, she's taken the piss. <laughs> she's, got a, she's got a good sense of humour, Marissa. She's a lovely girl. Her and her partner, Glenn, I, you know, I love them dearly. But, you know, no, she's not going to seriously think that that was good. She's she's being sarcastic, I would think, Kev. And, okay. Uh, Mark. We're giving, we're giving her the benefit of the doubt there with this. She's being sarcastic. Well, if she's being serious, Marissa, I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That is fair enough. All right, uh, top three. I could almost go. I could almost go six bad ones in this, and not because uh, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's one song on this chart that I truly, truly love. There's yeah, not. There, there's not one that that gets into my. I love that song. No list. Not one. There's there's someone, the someone best like. you can get tonight is. I can tolerate that. Song. <laughs> That's about <laughs> as good as it gets. Fun. You've missed a great song. There's one great song on this. There's one great song? Yep, yeah, I think a great song on this. Okay. I've got a few that I like, but nothing that nothing that makes my, my uh, you know, go wobbly at the knees. Uh, yeah, there's one that's in my, like when I did it with Rowan and that, there's definitely one in my top 15 or 20 of all time. Okay. You so, know what makes Ken, uh, Kev go wobbly at the knees? <laughs> Standing up these days, Brian. Samantha Fox. She's not on the chart. Oh, Kev used to love it. Love Samantha Fox. Oh, God, no. Jeez. Touch me, touch me. You want to feel your body. I'll tell you who does make me go wobbly at the knees is uh, Sharon Corr, and she's on the the 
new Life of Brian episode that's up and about if you want to. Yeah, I, new I think, Hogden. Oh, I love the cause. I think I think the cause are really, really talented. I love their music. They deliberately did the interview without me, Sonny. Yep, yep. arranged oh, it for 7 sorry. o'clock in the morning, so I knew you wouldn't be there. No, I wouldn't be making any sense at that time of the day anyway. But um, Correct. I'd, I'd rather complain about it than be accurate. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, finally, uh, you get to, you get to go open the batting here. Uh, you, you number three, good and bad. What do you got? First of all, 1982, I was also doing my HSC. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, which means coming up next month, I've got my 40-year reunion. That'll be something. Ooh. Have you had a reunion at all of your HSC year? Yeah, 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 but I've, I've only been to one out of three, so this will be good. I'll go to this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. What were you doing in 82, Brian? You would have, the band would have been started. Yeah, we were – I got I got, uh, got my record deal in 82. Okay, there you go. So that was, that was a, a pretty good year for me. I was doing Drive at uh, 3XY in October of uh, 1982. It was my first year in Melbourne Radio. It was good. We were oh, number one in drive, so I was pretty happy with that. Life was pretty good. That is good. So, so synchronicity put us together, Kev. Hey? Synchronicity put us together. Is that right? And well, I'm going to take you apart. Right. Righto. Come on, Finey. What do you got? All right. Number three, bad. God, there's a lot of things that could have been in this number three slot. I mean, now I'm leaving out Tintorella de la Luna, oh. de Luna which, which maybe 1959 was quite an avant-garde song in Italy, but by the time it became a parody song for the Globos in 1982, anyhow, it didn't make much worse three for some reason, only because I do tend to default to Cliff Richard. He never lets me. <laughs> oh, poor old Cliff. And, and, and he's such a... a He's such a uh, – he's so inoffensive, I find him offensive in every way. <laughs> now, how he could allow his artistic director to convince him to do the film clip from The Only Way Out in a Maze is beyond me. I mean, that is an idea that a four-year-old would come up with and get told off for. Yeah. The only yeah. way out, let's film it in a maze. Basically, <laughs> uh. he did get out of the maze and later bobbed up at Wimbledon. The song is absolute classic drivel from Cliff Richards. Cliff Richards. I mean, I, I just, that man, all right, that we could debate. Whether he's a man, but that that bloke, <laughs> how how anybody ever bought a Cliff Richard record that was under seventy, and still senile, not senile, is beyond me. So enjoy. Can I say in defence of Cliff, some of the early stuff was actually I think quite good. He's a good singer. And when I say early stuff, I mean the mid nineteen sixties when he was doing those those fairly ordinary Some- movies. Some, some holiday, holiday. And, yeah, but there yeah. was there was some there, there was some stuff in there that he did. Uh, I'm trying to think who wrote some of those really good songs that he did. But there was he actually he sang them really really well. Some of the you're right. This stuff that he did in the 80s. By the time he got past um, Wired for Sound and into th- this stuff, which was oh, people will buy Cliff Records and we can make him some money. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was awful. And I agree, it's a very awful song. So what's your good one, Finey? 
And, of course, then he came out and said that he was celibate. Well, sometimes you don't have a choice, Cliff. You just don't. Okay. <laughs> well, cool. I, can add a little, I can add a little bit to his uh, celibacy. Yeah, what's um, that? Because Adrian Edmondson, remember the, from the young ones? Yeah. Uh, remember when they were carrying him at the start of, um, what's the name of the series? Um, the Young Ones. Yeah, The Young Ones, yeah. Which is one of his sisters, and they re-recorded it with, um, with uh, let's read just it up, um, with uh, The Young Ones. And they carried him, and Adrian Edmondson said, yes, he does have a catheter bag. So I guess that's going to probably guide you towards celibacy. Oh, you know, you want to come baby hop in with me, my bag of. Oh, no, you know. no, no, I don't, I don't need to know that. Well, you know, this is an informative show, Kev. I'm just, I, I didn't write this stuff. I'm don't shoot the message. Okay. But I, I figure we need to inform and educate, and that's what I'm here to do. So the, the only one out could be a bit of a biological song for Cliff. <laughs> Well, you know, ways. I think, you know, it's like the best option. It's like I've better not just start rooting around anymore because how am I going to explain this, you know? And that's the sad thing that you have to give up sex because you've got a physical disability and um, quite frankly I'm disgusted with all of the world. Mm, yeah, okay. All right. Finally, what was your, what was your good one? Well, sick. Um, Jeez. I don't know if I can continue. Yeah, me neither. I'm not sure either. I feel quite ill. <laughs> well, oh, this God. is the whole problem with Cliff getting a root. Oh no! Stop. People, we don't want to know. People, no, no, no. People felt quite ill lying next to his bag. No, no, no. That's enough. That's enough. That's what you're implying, Kev. I know I'm not. I'm oh, otherwise, you need to be clearer with your uh, explanation. Now you're starting. I don't to... want you know our fans listening. You know those no, power lines you. that you're walking under. I'll be quiet. You know the power lines no. you're walking under, they're, oh, they're interfering yeah. with your feed. So go back to where you were before. Uh, number right. three, good, uh, Mr. Fine. All right. Now, when I first saw this, I would. I, it's not a song I like particularly, but you know what? It is very iconic. And then I thought about it and I listened to it and I thought, well, through overplay, overuse, overabuse, it's become annoying. But in and of itself, I think it actually – is full of merit. So I'm putting Eye of the Tiger at number three. Yeah, no, it is It is a good song. It's just been played a million times yeah. for a million a million promos, a million rev-ups, a million whatevers, and you get sick of it. Yeah. But it's a go-to song, you know, for Hopper Crossing seconds when they run out for their first grand final in 27 years. But, <laughs> but actually – it actually is quite a powerful song, so I'm putting it at number three. Yeah, no, I think in that's a very a, good a call. Because that's that's the key to sometimes with these. When you hear when you heard that song back in 1982, you went, "Wow, that's that's actually really good." And now that you, 40 years later, have been subjected to it every single time someone does something or wants to do something, and particularly yeah, with, was- with our sporting <laughs> sort of prowess yeah. in this country. I mean, I told you on a previous episode that I did contract a, a mild disease. An issue. Correct. And just the term eye of the tiger, eye of anything just made me wince. So <laughs> that's why I'm not that clear on it. But right. Can yeah. understand that. 
let's go to uh, Mr. Mannix now and see what he's got for us at uh, number three, good and bad. Brian? Well, well, you know, it's surprising that I only put these guys at number three worst, but it's Toto. Um, it might have been Rosanna. Yeah. yeah. What the hell are the what's, – what's the point of the song? Rosanna, Rosanna, what? Well, what about it was, it's actually name? a good song because whenever I got a caller from Rosanna on SEM, <laughs> Mark Dosenka used to play Rosanna. Yep. It's yeah, about it's Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna. It's a great suburb. Great name for a suburb. It is a good name for a suburb. Well, the way they put the song together, you know, they should have got sound like, Rosanna, you're hot. <clears throat> Rosanna, you're hot. But, you know, the, the, the song, the style of the song, is like those guys that just can't pick up a chick. They sort of like they get down there and they end up becoming their friend rather than their lover because they're too nice and too soft cock. And Rosanna, Rosanna, ah, oh, piss off you soft cock. No, no, just get some balls, fellas. You know who'd want to root you? It's just terrible. No, it's shocking. And, you know, nothing against their musical ability. They're great musicians, um, and there's no doubt about that. But what's the real crime is what they chose to do with their great musicianship. And um, no, it's just appalling because these guys had the ability to play something really good, but they just couldn't write a song. And um, no question about their ability, but guys, just piss the f*** off. All right. Yep. And... And, you know, it, it is hard to pick a good one on this. Mm-hmm. But uh, number uh, two, um, it's the cheap trick being the Beatles. And, of course, it sounds like the Beatles. And there was question marks whether it was a rip-off of um, a George Harrison song. It's similar, but it's not. But, well, George um, Harrison can't complain. No, he stole his, so finds the My Sweet Lord, so, yeah. And he's dead. Uh, well, we can say whatever we like then, can't we? I think so. Okay, great. Um, but, um, yeah, if you want my love, I think it's a great pop song. And um, and I think at the time, you know, to hear something really beatly was really refreshing for me. And I think it well, obviously it was for a lot of other people because it's sitting here at number two. Yep. And probably got to number one the week after. Who knows? So that's my number three, bad and good. My number three, bad, Dire Straits, private investigation. Don't need to say anything else except that I've never uh, – their songs annoy the bejesus out of me. And I know the man who produces this show loves them a lot. Uh, Steve Fisher would be putting this together and grinding his teeth as we do this. But, no, I don't – just I find them ponderous and just – Again, like you, Brian, with Toto, it's not about the musicianship or any of that stuff. I just find mm. the songs totally ponderous. Yes. Terrible Christ, right? I hate them. There you go. Should, should have been called Private Dick. Fine, he was working me, from, working me like Jerry Chi and Ron Blaskett there, <laughs> just at the end. Good work, Fine. Uh My number three, good, uh, and there's not a lot to choose from, uh, so I'm going to go with uh, – it's from a film that I really liked – and I had a look at the uh, the film clip of this song today. Not the greatest. On, I like the movie as well. It's not the greatest song by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, oh, sorry. But I kind of, I kind of liked, I kind of liked the song. And um, 
the the movie. I loved the movie. I thought the movie was hysterically funny, and it was kind of a breakout movie for so many young actors who came out of uh, out of this film. It was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which Sean Penn was in, and Judge Reinhold was in, and Phoebe Cates was in, and uh, Sarah Jessica, uh, not Sarah Jessica Parker, the other one, Jennifer Jason Lee was in. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's in Race Seven tomorrow. Why <laughs> <laughs> the long face? Um, but somebody's baby from Jackson Brown, who I I must admit I've always thought Jackson Brown was pretty cool, um, and I, I've always liked Jackson Brown's stuff, like The Pretender and uh, Doctor My Eyes and that. I've always liked his stuff. And somebody's baby is just a good little pop song in a great little film, uh, and the, the those two things came together, and that's my number three. Mm. So, yeah, that, all I can say is that's disappointing, Keith. Okay. Well, wait till I get to number one in the good, Brian. You'll really be shitty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Finey, what do you got at two? All right. So, you know, to do this properly, you've got to listen to a lot of songs on the charts you've never heard of. Yep. I've got to say, do you like Saturday Night Live? The TV show? Yeah. You mean I, the current version of it or what it used I, to do? I, mean, I like it. I like it. There, there's a lot of misses, but there's a lot of hits. But what they do very well is they – they, they've obviously got a big budget for wardrobes and stuff. And when they go back and do parodies of the 80s or of electronic music, they get it pretty right. Yep. Well, surely this is a parody of a joke of a period, except it happened when it happened. I don't really know this song. I don't know how it got in the charts. I don't know who f***ing missing persons are, but if, oh. anybody, looks, <laughs> if anybody looks for them, you, you're in big trouble with me. <laughs> This song words, the the the, the outfits and the, the the God, this thing would have been dated whilst they were singing it. Yeah. It would have got date. My God, it's terrible. Did you watch the film clip of them doing it live? Yeah. I just saw the film clip of some bird with silver suit and streaks through her hair, and it's just embarrassing. Yeah, that's embarrassed the one. I was just embarrassed that they're probably a grandmother now, if not dead. If not a missing person on the side of a milk cart, on that nobody <laughs> ever looked at. No, it's yeah. a terrible song. Yeah, it is. It is an awful song. I'd forgotten how awful it was until I heard it this afternoon. Words, forget words. And the music's bad, and the words are worse. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's my number two. Righto. What's the good one? Now we've made a lot of fun of this song, but I really thought it was a good fun song and a good song. Now, did you know that the Bureau of Meteorology? Have changed their name. The bomb. Yeah. I don't know why, but they're changing their name. This is true. Yes. Do you know what they're changing it to? The Bureau. Correct. So I sent an SMS to ABC Radio because I was listening at the time and they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on like that evening show. The guy was talking about it. It wasn't. It wasn't David Astle. Oh, okay, not David. Yes, David's good. His replacement. Yeah, I, liked, I loved David Astle. His replacement was very good as well. And all I said was, when they become the Bureau, will the weather forecast be for humans or only for sheep? No, for sure. yes. And the guy read out and said, this makes no sense. Oh. He goes, he goes here's one that makes no sense. When the... Bureau bomb changes the name to the Bureau. Will it only be for sheep? And I'm sure some people like me, I, I'm glad he read it because a lot of listeners would have been laughing at him. Yeah, absolutely. Had to get out of a, 
I had to get out of the car, but I'm sure somebody corrected me. I would have been pissing myself laughing if I'd heard that. But the Bureau were actually formed from Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Oh, come whole- on, Eileen. That's bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. So I loved Only for Sheep. Much better song than Come on, Eileen. But Come on, Eileen's all right. So that's your number two good? Yep. So was Kevin Ro- Kevin Rowland didn't sing Only for Sheep, though, did he? No, no, it's it's the you'll look it up. It's it, there's a big crossover. Oh, okay, okay, uh, yeah. Which and on the weather bureau, they paid two hundred and fifty grand or something to have that uh, whole thing set up, and now they've rescinded on it. They're now not doing it. They're going to they're, they're happy to be called the Bureau of Meteorology. Or, oh, they're not called the Bureau. No, nah, they're not going to be. They've they've only for sheep. Only for sheep was a, a very good song to have on your on your playlist and on the radio because there were just so many good jokes. Brian Mannix, number one in New Zealand. Yeah, or, or every you uh, name it, barred up, uh, Brian. <laughs> Brian. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a toss-up for my number one bad. No, number two. Number two. Number two bad. So, I'm, you know, I'm sort of wobbling around here. Oh, okay. But I think I think for number two bad, we'll have to have a good and hard look at another band that, that can play. They're very talented. They're great. But can they write a song with an erection or something? It's just so soft. And I'm talking about number four. Oh, that's last week. Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, number four. They just st- sitting there. Number four. Hard to say sorry by Chicago. Yep. Really. If ever there's a piece of music designed for people to talk over while they're having dinner, this is it. <laughs> um, this is this band. Like you know, they can play, but just so soft cock. It's just. Get your rock out, you know, occasionally, but it's just, it's just, oh God, it's, it's, it's just awful, you know, and it's, and it's well played awful. That's, that's the, the really sad part about the whole thing. So that's my number two bad. Yep. My number two good, which is going to be controversial. Oh, here we this, go. But on my 21st birthday party, we that was in 1982. I think it was. Must have been your twenty-first birthday party in nineteen eighty-two. Was that right? Were you born sixty? Well, oh, you born sixty-one. 61. Yeah, yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. Okay. Da 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 da. Got the shit. No, piss out off. Of it You're not putting that in your good. You're not putting I'm, that in your good side. I've put it in my number two good, and for these reasons, nothing I'd ever heard sounded like it before. Um, they sense. had a rip. I had a really shitty Dr. Rhythm drum machine and this song sounded like that. And, you know, da-da-da-da, I don't love you, you don't love me. It's like it was just different to everything else and it had a good beat to dance to and um, I don't know, you know, because if I think of my 21st, I think of that song. And um, You must have been I'll- really pissed at your 21st. Hello, Mimi, if you're listening, and thank you. <laughs> thank you, darling. Made the night. Oh, um, but, however, however, just a little just a little aside story, I was having a little intimate moment with Mimi in my bedroom, and lucky Phil had been outside, and 
arguing with his girlfriend and he came in at about five and he's banging on the window while I'm trying to be intimate with Mimi and he's singing another song from this track. Um, I just I just went down on your daughter. Oh, that's no, no, no. Just don't shoot the messenger, Kev. <laughs> so anyway, that's what happened on my 21st. But da-da-da. It was a terrific night. All my roadies bought so much drugs. I don't know. Hopefully my mum and dad didn't notice. But um, anyway, so that's my number two good and that's my number two bad. I'm yeah. done. Okay. Well, hey, can, can, I ask you, can I ask you a question, Brian? You just did. Was getting together with Mimi, is that is that your way of saying that you were masturbating? <laughs> that's what we're all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Mimi, Mimi was the girl. Oh, it know. was not. Who doesn't want to go out with a girl called Mimi? It, it's it was, just a cool name. That was uh, Elle's sister, wasn't it? Mimi McPherson, yeah. No, I've seen her movie and uh, oh, stop it. Wasn't it. That There's one. no need. There's no need for that. God. Well, you brought it up, Kev. No, no, I was with Finey because for me, the you you saying I was in the room trying to get intimate with Mimi <laughs> just well, sounded I'm like you were going in to have a pool. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here, Maddox. Well, probably was a bit bushier back in them days. Oh, but no, stop I, it! I, I'm glad you cleared that up, Finey, because it, it is important to know that Mimi was a, a lovely girl and. Um, I hope she's listening because Mimi, you've still got a place in my heart. Okay. There you go. She's got a place in your wardrobe, isn't it? Don't you have to blow her up every third week? <laughs> well, you know, now that I've got the puncture kit, I reckon we'll be getting back into it. Yeah. <laughs> the puncture kit. <laughs> oh, God. All right. My number two good, you just sang it before, but you sang the, um, the disgraceful version of it. I'm going to go down on the border by LRB as my number two good. Shit lyrics. Yeah, but it's good. It's a great melody. It, yeah, good little song. Graham Graham uh, Gable wrote it, but just a, just a, another meaningless little pop song that didn't you know didn't want to change the world or do anything. It was the first time Farnham got together with LRB. I think that was the first single. Was the other guy the first? No, I think Down on the Border was the first single. Um, now playing to win would have been the first, wouldn't it? Oh now now I don't know, but it was one it was one of the ones that he did that that um, that Beeb was still in the band then. Um, I think Houston was I think Steve Houston was in the band then. Uh, Wayne Nelson was in the band then. Derek was still playing drums, so it was it was a good little version of um, LRB, and I, I I still like that song. Still what year is this? Eighty two. Nineteen eighty. Okay, yeah, because I played with Steve Houston and Bad Boy Johnny in nineteen eighty nine. Um, yeah, no, there was something interesting I was going to tell you then, but now I've forgotten. So okay. uh, please move on. And my number two bad, uh, this just has to be, and I uh, apologies if I gazump either of you with this, but that Christopher Atkins song has to be in this somewhere because that is just, it is awful. It, it, it is unspeakably awful. And I watched the clip of it today. I, I had a look through. The musical credits of the pirate movie. I didn't realise that Peter Sullivan wrote so much of the music. That Mike Brady contributed some songs. Gary McDonnell even performed one of the songs. Um, Terry Britton, who I think is one of the you know really talented songwriters from the the Twilights, um, who went yeah. to went to England and wrote wrote some great songs over there with uh, 
for Cliff Richard in the early days and all that stuff, and for Olivia he, in the early days. Olivia, yeah. Um, really, really talented song. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, he wrote this song. Uh, it's called How Can I Live Without Her, and it is bloody awful. And the only thing worse than the actual song is the film clip. Oh, Christy McNichol, who was, you know, acting on Family Affair or Family, whatever it was, um, uh, came out and did the film here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good Aussie actors like Gary McDonald and Maggie Kirkpatrick and all those people in it. Um, it's it's actually, you know, good sort of role uh, or, or cast of Australians in, in certain roles. But, oh, God. It's just I think it was produced song. by Ted Hamilton. Yeah, it was. Ted was it. Ted's in the film. Um, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. And Ted, Ted had a you know very good musical career in in uh, America as well as a sort of like a, a Vegas kind of act over there. But um, didn't oh. have a very good Tonight Show career over here. No, I didn't. But oh god, the pirate movie! I'm telling you, this this song just is just just goddamn awful. So. Chris Atkins might be the nicest bloke in the world, and I've interviewed him a couple of years ago when he came out here, and he actually was a really nice fella. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just he's the prick from Blue Lagoon, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know whether he's the prick from Blue Lagoon, but he was in Blue Lagoon. Uh, you give he you give uh, Brooke Shields one, so he must be. Is that right? Okay, let's get to your number one funny. <laughs> Jeez, we've opened up uh, some cans of worms uh, tonight. Right, so. Finally, Don't got, talk about Brooke like that, please, we've got, Kev. We've got Cliff Richard at three. We've got Missing Persons at two. That's on the bad side. On the good side, we've got Survivor at three and Dexy's Midnight Runners at two. So what gets the podium for uh, good and bad? Uh, bad. Look, Brian, I so respect your music. I'm listening. And taste. And, and when you talk about music sincerely and honestly, I am. I know. I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go, mate. I don't know whether it's the Queensland Sun. I don't know whether you've been hit on the head by some boobs that are topless. Some topless waitress knocked you out with the boobs because you're a bit short. I don't know whether you've been drinking the jungle juice. But there you go. That's the da, da, da. First of all, first of all. I don't love you. You don't love me. All right. So what? what oh, I'll give them – I do give them top marks for one thing. What's that? If I said to you, I can't play a musical instrument or sing, do you reckon we can have a top 20 hit? You <laughs> say, probably not. But if I got a drum machine and played it on the most annoying loop for four minutes and just said a few things, da 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 there's nothing in that song I can't sing. Ick-lieber-dick-nick. Yeah, Your I mean, leaves nicked. Oh, the German version, Kev, well done. You know, uh, we could put a song together like that now. Oh, no of big. course we could. And, you know, you could sing for some big notes and we'll auto-tune you. Like the, You don't need any skill to have a hit single these days. Nick um, red, dick, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. Anyhow, it's, it's, well, uh, let, let me explain a sec, uh, Finey. I did mention that the roadies brought a lot of drugs to my 21st. <laughs> and um, I tell you what, this sounded fucking absolutely magnificent on the night. So, um, <laughs> uh, and it brings me fond memories, but you, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, well, me, me, oh, no yeah. likey, like Me, me, no likey, likey, this soggy, soggy. Me, me, me. 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 Da, me, me, da, da. Actually, me, me. I, 
Me, me, think, think, it's bad, bad. I think we've got something. I'll get a drum loop up for the next week and we can record this live on the show. Me, me, me. me. Write, write that down, Fanny. Me, I me, like no Dick. Me, me, yeah, me. Well, it's a German version. Listen. Oh, my God. I hope Dick means <laughs> something else. No, yeah, I Ick don't. Lieber Dick. It means I love you, you buffhead. I don't love no, you, I'm you well, buffhead. Oh, me, me, me. I'm a 21st. Eleven Dick. <laughs> Oh, and it just went down on your daughter. <laughs> I knew that was coming in there somewhere. This uh, song's practically writing itself. This is like <laughs> this is this is how the Beatles put together a day in the life. Yeah, you jest, you blokes, but this is how it happened. I, I'm sure Finey was involved. <laughs> yeah. uh, As, uh, you know what? You know what? No, out of. I, I shun the limelight. I don't want any writing credits. <laughs> Fair enough. Leave me out of it. <laughs> What's your number one good now that we've established that you and I both have the same number one bad? All right. So so I've mentioned this song before on, on this segment. It's popped up once before. Um, I just think it's a brilliant song way before its time, and I know it's before its time because – in 2013, Duck Sauce, which was a DJ duo, Armin Van Helden, very famous American DJ and a guy called A-Track, formed Duck Sauce. You might know they had a dance hit with a piece called Barbara Streisand. Anyhow, they, they didn't really sample the song. They just took the part of the song and, and played it as a dance dance track and it was very it was very good it was quite popular and, and easily incorporated into other tracks they called it radio stereo but when the members did it in 1982 it was just radio yeah and you know it's got it's got two form parts of it i mean one part of it is I don't know who the lead singer, because I said at the time, they came down here and got involved with Ice House or Flowers, this band. Oh, did they? In some okay. way. One of the members did. Somebody, there is a connection. Anyhow. Um, but so there's sort of, there's this sort of part of the song which is deep sort of funk, soul, almost rap Um. I don't know what you call it. And then there's the chorus, which is sort of dance. I listen to the radio. Yeah, it's a good. It's better than the stereo. Yeah. Oh, radio. And I always thought it'd be great. It'd be a good intro for somebody on radio. You know, it's, I listen to the radio. It's better than the stereo. I never quite used it on my show. I was planning to, and then I got the boot. <laughs> By a bloke who apparently got a half a million dollar bonus this year because he's going so well. Well, that just shows how the world is. Uh, Anyhow, is it ever? I'm not bitter. I'm not. I'm not bitter. I got a deli. Uh, so, radio by the members um, is your number yeah, one. That's but, a good choice. Good choice. Yep, radio by the members. Very good song. <clears throat> now, Brian, just to, just cool your jets there. Uh, I said da 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 da. Me 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 me. Is my number yes. one uh, bad, and my number one good is One Thing by In Excess. So yeah, that's yep. that's me. Uh, that's me uh, tied up in a little bow. Number one for you, Mister Mannix. You've got Toto 
Rosanna and Chicago Hard to Say I'm Sorry on the bad side, and you've got uh, Cheap Trick and Da Da Da. Right. On the my good side. One. Yeah, on the good my side. Number one, good. Now the party's over. Avalon. Um, oh. Which is, you know, I had many a great night. Ronnie Gonzo really liked it. We'd be driving back to doing a gig from Terrelgan, and Nick, the drummer at the time, would punch me in the arm unless I smoked the joint, and I'd have to hold it in, and if I didn't hold it in enough, I'd get punched again. And so I'd be lying on the back seat, so I'd go, ugh, and um, Ronnie would be playing the Avalon album, and you know, I could see the pictures. It was just wonderful, you know, like about a two-hour drive. <laughs> and so I have fond memories of lying in the backseat of Ronnie Gonzo's HQ Holden while Nick's, you know, punched the shit out of me until I'm stoned enough till he's satisfied and um, just listening to Roxy music, thinking I'm going to die, but then thinking, no, I'm in heaven. But, um, no, it's a really great, wonderfully produced song and, you um, you know, um, it's not rocking, but it's it, it takes me on a journey and, well, it certainly did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's great, really good. It's and funny, you know, know, because now mm-hmm. Avalon won't take you on a journey either because that airport's been the greatest duck egg of all time, hasn't it? Uh, it's unfortunately not lived up to What's the What's ever happened to that? Well, it's still going, but uh, the unfortunate thing is the airlines keep pulling flights out of the joint. Yeah, I'm saying, well, it'd be good for you. It's near Hoppers. Yeah, it's it's terrific. And uh, if if you got a if you can get a flight that goes to where you want to go to, it's fantastic from, from that point of view. But yeah, not enough flights go out of there, unfortunately. Well, I'll tell you, the reason we're doing this this podcast at this particular time is because Virgin pulled me out, and um, now I've got to fly back tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, Do you get compensated for that in any way? No, I reckon they should have put me up in a hotel. Well, it's that's like what I would have thought. I, I'm sure in the terms and conditions there would be something here. No, no, section yeah. 49.5, bang, this is covered. Why was your flight cancelled? Do you get? Do you at least get told that? Yeah. No, you don't get told that, Kev. Come on, you're asking was it for big... way too much. Are they the ones doing the um, middle seat raffle thing? One of the airlines is doing some middle seat raffle thing. Uh, I hate the middle seat. Oh, me too. I'm I can't tiny. stand it. It's, you know. And, you know, you've got to give the person in the middle seat the armrest, but there's some fat pricks I'm in the middle seat and you've got your own armrest, but you want both of them and the other person, and I don't have any armrests. And, like, I just think that's really freaking selfish. If yep. you're in the, in the aisle or the window, give the person in the middle at least one armrest mm-hmm. because it's just unfair. Yeah. Anyway, if, if, if you travel with me, would you be allowed to travel on my knees for free? <laughs> I don't know. It's worth checking out. I think we should get down to uh, to Jetstar and uh, see what they've got uh-huh. to say about the whole matter. Uh, <laughs> You'll be putting your hand up. Excuse me, stewardess. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on this guy's knees for free. He's got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's your number one bad? You haven't given me that yet. Oh, look, I tell you. Um, it's probably a really good song, but it kind of upsets me. It offends me, um, and it's it's um, it's uh, number six. It's number Joe six. Jackson. 
real, real men. men. I think what he's trying to say is important, but sure. it's just so heavy-handed. Don't call me a faggot unless you were a friend. Mm. Oh, geez, I, I, I just, I just absolutely loathe that line, and I think it could have been done more poetically, and the whole idea could have been a bit more poetic. But I just find that well, Brian, it's surprising. I find it abrasive. Don't call me a da 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 unless you are a friend. We, we can workshop this into something. Just went down on your daughter. Da, da, da. She was a dirty whore, that's your daughter. Da, da, da. You try making love to that, it's difficult. What? <laughs> what I just sang, that's what Lucky Phil's banging on the window while I'm having a crack. Yeah, sorry. Mimi on the line? Yeah, go, go ahead, Mimi. Yes, hello. Uh, g'day, my name's Mimi. Uh, just, to, just, to, <laughs> just want to catch up with Brian again. It's been a while. How you going, Brian? So, uh, Mimi, you sound like you haven't given up the smoke. No, no, no. It's still a 40 a day, Brian. Yeah, terrific. No, lovely. I, I thought it was Sophie Monk for a second there, but uh, <laughs> good to hear from you. Oh, God. All right. that's uh, that We're done. We're <laughs> da, da, da. We're da, da, done. Um, I don't love you. You don't love me. <laughs> oh, God. Now, you know I won't get that bloody song out of my head now for a week. But you have very lovely voice. Yeah, thank you. Um Thank you, Finey. Are you uh, open for business on Cup Day? He's not even open for business now. No, he's just pissed right off. He's shut up shop. He's giving us the ass. When you started doing that voice, he said, that's a good five. G'day, Brian. Maybe here. Thank you, Mr. Fine. Thank you, Mr. Mannix. Thank you, Mr. Hillier. That'll do us. All right. Bye-bye. And to all our listeners, sorry. Yeah, exactly. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.